0: named our podcast the World Class Agency podcast, not because we thought we were world class, but because we try and get closer to it every conversation that we have.
1: What does World Class Estate Agency look like to you?
0: World Class Estate Agency is all about people. A good estate agency add, adds an incredible amount of value
1: to the consumer. He's, he's looking after the customer properly, so being approachable, being accessible. And for me, every day's a learning day. What does being a world class agency look to
0: you. Hello and welcome to another episode of World Class Agency podcast. Yes, you are hearing correctly. My name is Sam Hunter. Uh, I'm in the hot seat doing the introduction this week. Uh, even though both Mark and I are on holidays, one of us still turns up to keep the podcast rolling. Today, I'm very fortunate to be joined uh, by a colleague and a very good friend of mine in Simon Gates. Uh, it's his 15th year in property this year uh but only his third appearance on this very podcast uh he's the prince of prospecting and i said i was going to add lib an introduction and this is about the best that i have so simon thank you for giving up your morning uh to keep this show rolling welcome back to the world-class agency podcast
1: thank you very much for having me and that's got a ring to it prince of prospecting Doesn't Doesn't it? I like yeah. that.
0: and i'd say third appearance on the show but debut co-hosting how exciting
1: I think, yeah, I think I've actually done one with you and Mark, one with Mark, and now one with you. So it is literally the perfect hat trick, isn't it? Left foot, right foot, header.
0: Header and the goal. Not yeah. to win a Champions League, sadly.
1: Oh, we, won't, we won't go.
0: No, we won't go into there. So uh, it's going to be a bit of a different show today. We are going to talk. Um, we're going to try and go into some depth in terms of prospecting because we, we speak about this internally, externally. We have dreams about this stuff. Uh, day in day out that it's coming into the better weather months which technically well not technically but invariably means that things start to feel like they're not as busy as perhaps they are through the springs through the autumns and actually the reality is this is where the majority of the best businesses in the country start accelerating away from their competitors so we're going to talk about how well you said before we hit record you like that there's always bite-sized pieces of actionable value from this show and you know, we've been really harping on that with our guests and with ourselves uh, every week for probably the last two or three months is we want bite-sized pieces of good shit that people can take away. So that's what we're going to try and focus on today. Uh, we're going to crack that prospecting nut of a brain of yours and see what comes out. But before we do, I wanted to give everybody a bit of an update on, uh, well, maybe not an update, maybe a, a story in how to, perhaps how not to, Uh, take and negotiate an offer when you're getting uh, an offer on a home. So um, for anyone who's been listening for the last few weeks, uh, my wife and I sort of decided to forego the like battle royale uh, that was renting uh, and see if we'd go and buy something. Um, Anyway, long story short, fast forward a couple of weeks, uh, we found a couple of houses that we liked. Uh, We went to an auction on the weekend uh, and the house that we thought was probably gonna be somewhere in our budget, end up selling for about 250 grand above that. Uh, So signs go off in my mind that it's a pretty busy market out there. It's it's probably still good. Um, Maybe not as as racy as it once was, but still out there. Anyway, we we saw another home that we liked that's been on the market since the 2nd of February. So I think uh, where we are today, is about 102 days on the market. Um, Still there, still doesn't have a price on it, still just says for sale so we put an offer in on saturday afternoon on a contract in writing everything like that handed it over uh it was, it was a bit of a cheeky offer i won't lie uh, but you got to start somewhere and i think th- this is what i used to say to people when they were buying all the time was you can offer whatever you want it can be 50 cents you know the owner can only say no and that starts negotiations and it's very difficult most of the time to buy a house without negotiating first so we put probably our two-foot off-the-ground slide tackle best feet forward. Uh, anyway, didn't hear anything back from the agent until Monday afternoon. It's now Tuesday afternoon. He calls me up, uh, and, and I said this to you before we hit record. I was like, he's called us Sam and Felicity, uh, the, the the one time that we sort of met him and when he followed up. So it was a good follow-up. Uh, answer the phone. Hello, Sam speaking. He says, Sammy. doesn't even say hello. Sammy, that offer's not going to cut the mustard. <laughs> Uh, and I just sort of laughed. Uh, and I said, I didn't think it would, but you've, we've got to start somewhere. And I said, what are they looking for? And he said to me, that's for me to know and you to find out. Literally the words that came out of his mouth over the phone. On speakerphone, like i had Charlotte in one hand. My speakerphone is like, my phone's like lying on my chest. Like there's some sort of talking to him with my neck bent. Uh, and I just sort of said, that's not very helpful to us. And I had the phone <laughs> because I just... To me, that is not the way in which you negotiate on behalf of anyone for their their own property or or themselves. And it's just not a conversation I was willing to enter into because there was no guidance. There's no price on property for starters with. In in the back end, it says from one to 1.5 million, which you can see if you like inspect the code, Um, but no further guidance of that. And I just thought, that's just not how you do real estate. In my opinion, I'm happy to be wrong. Um, but I certainly would have handled it differently had I been the agent and I probably would have got me to give maybe a, a still too low, but certainly an increased offer because we want to buy the house you know, it's been on the market for a long time. We may be the only people that want to buy it because we can see potential that others might not be able to, um, but to just have a sort of very cavalier line of that's for me to know and you to find out was just a very strange way to go about it. And I thought the best way, like our, our best negotiating tactic was to sort of call the bluff and end the conversation. Uh, so it's an interesting one uh, how like have you ever said that to anybody? no <laughs> um,
1: it, it, it it made me laugh when you when you told me kind of uh, off air that um, uh, yeah someone had said that and I think it, it it will lead nicely into what we're discussing about prospecting like prospecting is everywhere like the way that agent had that conversation with you indirectly is prospecting mm. because. You know, you could go speak to your um, mates today, you could go speak to family members, whatever, and they might be contemplating moving. Now, you're not going to have a compelling reason to say, oh, you've got to go speak to such and such an agent. You're actually going to say he's a bit of an idiot. Um, don't go and deal with that guy. And I think uh, I definitely have been guilty of this over years. You really don't appreciate um, every single conversation you have, what impact that could have several years down the line. Um, this is going to sound random and obviously people listening to this podcast won't see this, but Sam, there is a trophy over my shoulder, there is. Uh, which I which I actually won on Saturday. Hey. Um, and I've been telling everyone I spoke to yesterday about it. Um, it was a Jubilee uh, village cricket event. And yes, we did beat a lot of children uh, in, in it, but really? I don't care. I need to bring the trophy home. But the relevance to a state agency was it was a charity Jubilee village event. The whole village turned out. I'd seen people there i had not seen in years. And I saw um, three different people there who'd sold a property through me in the past, and literally like having a conversation with them, it was amazing. Um, and I was like, "Have you heard from the, the estate agent? So my old company um, in the last couple of years?" They're like, "Absolutely not." I was like, "Do you know that we've had record equity growth, like in the country? That like, prices gone crazy?" They're like, "No." I was like, "Well, what impact would that have on your home if the one you..." bought, I know at 750, if it was worth 900 now, and they're like, wow, okay. Well, if we sell at 900, maybe we could go buy an even better house. Or maybe we could buy a buy to let. Mm. I was like, ah, that's interesting. <laughs> um, and then there was someone else there who withdrew their property from the market half a dozen years ago, because they couldn't find. And I said, "You still looking to move. They said, yeah. I said, last time you heard from the agent, I couldn't tell you. Like, we we're, we're, we're screaming out for listings at the moment. Yeah we're not going and having conversations with the people who have shown motivation previously. I think we're so guilty. I definitely was over the years of just going, I oh, they want too much money. They're not that motivated to move. Actually you need to help them find that confidence and motivation to move, um, to do it. So yeah, it was interesting having those conversations with those people. And uh, I think going back to the episode last week you did with, with Tanya, I don't think she said it in the episode, um, but she definitely said it with me in a conversation before was um, she loves relationships for outlast transactions. Mm. And when she said that to me, I was like, I really like that. I wish I'd come up with that. Um, because
0: it is really powerful, isn't it? it it is really powerful. And actually, if we're if we're going to spend today talking about world class prospecting, I think what you've just said there, you've hit the nail on the head. And what you said before as well about the the conversations, the things that you say, the the actions you take now and the lasting effects they have even years down the line. So if you think about your health, right, if you eat, you know, a a burger a week today, it's probably not going to be so bad for you. But actually, if you eat a burger a week for 10, or 15 years, it's going to have a pretty detrimental effect on your health. Right. Sending, uh, keeping in touch with somebody the first time you do it, the second time, the 30th time you do it probably won't come to something. But it might be that 35th time or that 40th time remembering people's names and how much they bought their houses for when you play a village cricket match. Right. That's Prospecting that feels like advice, that feels like friendship, that yep. feels like building a relationship, that's not calling up somebody and offering them a free, no obligation valuation mm-hmm. as well. And I think so. The other really interesting part that we can talk about today about actually valuing relationships and adding value and, you know, becoming a trusted advisor, not an estate agent, is this auction that we went to on the weekend. So we were one of, I think, seven registered bidders that were going to have a, a bid at this property. Now we didn't end up bidding because we were just waiting to see what happened. And if it looked like it could be ours, we would have put our hand up. But we've not heard from that agent. No follow-up saying, thanks so much for registering. You're clearly one of the hottest people in the market right now in an area that I sell loads of houses in. Do you wanna see what I've got coming up next? Or I'm really sorry you didn't end up buying it. As soon as I get anything like it, I'll let you know. Because there was a big crowd of people there probably thinking, wow, this chick knows how to sell houses. She's just got a hell of a lot more money than anyone really thought it was worth, you know? But nothing so it's that the when it gets easy we talk about this all the time when it gets easy the prospecting moves away and the way you and i and i hope everybody listening to this show thinks about prospecting is it's just really good service because you hit the nail on the head i've told everyone i could speak to that he literally (laughs) said that's for me to know and you to find out and i've told them where he works and i've told them his name right so they're not gonna probably use him if they ever need to and we're all kind of trying to live in the same sort of area or at least buy in the same sort of area even if we don't end up living there right so good and bad your actions your language your relationships have long-term impact and i think if you start thinking about prospecting like that then suddenly it takes on this transformative form and it's not this chore you have to do every day It's something you should be looking forward to because you you're offering some value to people out there. And if you're not wanting to do that, there's a wrong job.
1: I think um, on what you just said there as well, I can't remember where I would have read it, um, but it's, it's flipping your mindset. So when it perhaps comes to people put prospecting in, in their diary, and I think we're, we're pretty poor in this country. I definitely was at time blocking for prospecting because everything mm-hmm. else gets in the way. You juggle plates, you put out fires, someone phones in sick or you know, a sale falls through and prospects and goes, oh, I can cancel that for now, but it bites you in the bum, you know, in 90 days time. But rather than saying, I have to prospect today, it's I get to prospect. Like you just flip that mentality and say, I actually get to prospect today. I think that's a, that's a good thing. And I think I read in the Daily Stoic um, the other day about a sort of chain method, whether you're quitting smoking, quitting drinking, or trying to form a new, a new habit, like going to the gym or whatever, just do a chain method. And it worked well for me a few years ago, when I was like, well, I'm going out on these viewings and these market appraisals. If I just knock on one door every day, how many days in a row can I continue to do that? Discounting weekends, just Monday to Friday. And I fell in love with the process of doing that. So it would tick it off, great. Day one, day two, day three. ah oh, rubbish. I didn't do it on the Thursday. I'm back to square one. So I was falling in love with that process of the chain method, not the result at the end. And then actually, all of a sudden, people start ringing up and going, hey, you left this great report with me. Um, I'd love to have a conversation with you about it. And I was like, wow, it's actually worked. Mm. Um, and yeah. again, I say it all the time. It's prospecting working best when it feels like a service. And that's what it was.
0: agreed. And I love that mentality of not breaking the chain. It it's so simple. Actually, it takes a hell of a lot of discipline to do because I've started and stopped more chains than I would care to admit, <laughs> right? And, and that's the thing. I, I listened to this podcast today. Um, and so you challenged me the other day. You're like, listen to this show. And I was like, I haven't listened to a podcast all year. And you're like, naughty boy. (laughs) And I I listened to this podcast today uh, called the imperfectionists. And it was all about like, just understanding that nobody's perfect and a lot of people try to make good change and they stop and that's okay. And not to beat yourself up again, but to start again, like probably as soon as possible, but certainly like when you're ready Um, and you're ready is, is again, as soon as possible. We all think that's today but actually it is as soon as possible. And there are times when things just may not be possible externally, internally, whatever it might be. Um, it, it was really good actually. And I would urge everybody to go and listen to that show. It's very Australian. I don't know if it, uh, if, if you get it over there in the big bad world, um, but it was, it was good. Um, I wanna come back to a point that you mentioned before. So, and I'll ask you to repeat what you asked these people at the village cricket match. Was it before or after you got your trophy for winning? um but you said something like do you know how much equity you've got in the house now right so yes. yep. yeah you, you tell me what that is and then I'll tell you how I think everyone listening should apply that
1: um well the way in which I asked it to there was three different people that I'd sort of had this conversation with and it was along the lines of going you you bought around this sort of time you paid this didn't you it's probably worth x now do you know what impact that's having your equity and then just dynamic silence and it got them pondering they mm. you know like geez I don't know like how much we paid off a mortgage um so I was like so really you need an equity check then don't you well, what's that and it was just like I was like my god like if I was back in a state agency now I would would have been you know lo- loving it um but I think again around the equity and I might be eating into what, what you're about to say but I think we don't realise how much price changes and equity difference impacts on people's day-to-day lives. And again, it's relationships outlasting transactions. I think we're so transactional, instant gratification, where, right, can they sell this house today? Can I earn a commission? Great. But actually, if you pursue relationships, you're going to do a hell of a lot better because if they turn around and go, well, actually, I'm about to remortgage. I paid nine. I can now remortgage it a million. Great! I've now got a better loan to value. I've got a better interest rate. That means I can go on the. I can take some money out of the house and go on that once in a lifetime holiday mm. to Hawaii. You talk about Hawaii price, right? That's a Hawaii thing. Well, actually, maybe I was the one who gave me advice to go do that. So when they're sat there in Hawaii having the time of their lives, I, do you know that was thanks to the advice I got given by Simon. So when they're back in the pub having their Sunday roast with family. On you know before they go back to work they're like my god it was thanks to that advice that simon gates estate agent gave me and all of a sudden i'm going out on a market appraisal and you use, use that line who recommended me wink wink and they're like, actually it was mr and mrs hunter who recommended you oh my god that's amazing why, why did they recommend me oh well you helped them go on that holiday
0: hmm. so my, my point was um I, I think you're exactly right we we see the impact of equity on our bottom line well wow, they've they have yeah. gone up 10 percent. that's not 100 grand that's another if i'm crap 500 quid in my pocket if i'm good 1500 to two and a half thousand pounds in my pocket right the way i'm merging, everybody to think about it, and, and this is maybe point one of actionable value that everybody can do today so like swipe up on your phone get your notes app app if you're listening to this if you're in the car think about it really hard if you're in the office listening to this get a notepad and pen I think right so step one in terms of like world-class prospecting is anybody in your database that owns a house you need to ask that question of it cannot be on an email because that email won't even get opened even if your subject line was uh, have you had an equity check lately or something like that I'm I'm now regretting I might cut this out I'm now regretting even suggesting the e-word right? You need to pick up telephone and you need to talk 20 people every day for the next 30 days. Okay. So you're going to talk to 500 people. Is that right? 600 people. Sorry. It's bad math. Every day for the next 30 days. And you're asked that question, you know, the market in insert local town name here has gone up 10% in the last 12 months since the start of COVID. Cause everybody has that point in time in their mind, right? It is like BC AC, before COVID, after COVID, right? everyone knows that. So since that first lockdown, property prices in Milton Keynes, in Newport Pagnell, in Putney, have increased 14%, have increased 16%, have increased 21%, have increased 7%. doesn't matter. You know, how's that impacted the equity you have in your home and what would it do for your life if you could release some of it or remortgage to to put an extra 500 pounds in your pocket every month? If you have that conversation 20 times a day, You're going to build relationships. You're going to book valuations, which are going to give you an opportunity to either instruct their home or get a referral from someone they know because you can be the opposite of the experience that I've had over the weekend and you can give people an extremely professional experience that they'll have and put no pressure on them. They'll tell you what they want. You just got to listen, right? And they'll either get a gig or or have an opportunity to get a referral. And if you did that, if you had those 600 conversations, because everybody listening to this show at least is gonna have 600 phone numbers in their database they can pick up and call. And it's not gonna cost them anything except probably 90 minutes a day. 20 phone calls, and that's 20 connections, not dials, is probably realistically gonna take 90 minutes a day. If you don't have 90 minutes in a day to make 600 phone calls to potentially list, I don't know, 50, 60 homes, or get another 40 or 50 opportunities, to build 600 relationships again during the wrong gig
1: i think on what you uh just said there as well as there's um two two things which i think are, uh, are relevant to what you just said and i can't remember for life me the name of the guy and this story might not be exactly right but someone like tom mcgree who's obviously a big listener of the show he'll definitely know so I look forward to him telling us exactly what the story was. But I think uh, Great Britain hadn't won an Olympic medal or something in rowing for like a century or something. It was stupid. Um, and then someone came along and he basically wrote on a chalkboard, does it make the boat go faster? Mm. So when everyone was talking about, oh, we do this, we do this, we do this, he'd point to the, the, the blackboard and go, yeah, but does it make the boat go faster? And then I think it was actually then it goes on to, who is it? Pinson, Redgrave, um, et cetera, winning gold in the Sydney Olympics or whatever. And it's like, he just concentrates on, does it make the boat go faster? Again, the amount of stuff we do in our average day as estate agents, think, actually does that make the boat go faster. So again, with the the prospecting, um, making those phone calls, um, and sometimes, right, the motivation level is not going to be there. You're going to have something going on at home. You may be, I don't know, the... Traffic jam to work, you've had a sale offer and you really don't feel like ringing people. And sometimes it might actually be do you know what? Send a text, send a WhatsApp, send a voice note. Maybe it's actually putting a post in local Facebook groups going, Mm -hmm. you might be interested to know, here's the latest sales that happened in the month of March in Newport Pagnell. You know, what impacts is that on the value of your home? So we all want to make those phone calls, but sometimes it's just not going to happen. Um, And I think it's always phone first. We say that in our business, don't we? Again, it's a, it's a contact sport. It's human. We should be speaking on the telephone. Um, it is easy to hide behind text and email. Um, I've had agents say to me, I want to send out letters. And I'm like, who do you want to send out letters to? And like, oh, I've got 50 people I sold houses to before. And I'm just like, no, 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 please don't do that. Send letters to people you don't know so that they then contact you so you then know who they are. If you know who they are, you speak to them. So going back, Back to uh, what you said, Sam, of the property that you went to the uh, auction on, being very Australian there. Well done. Um, <laughs> uh, for me, again, fall in love with the process, not the outcome. If you are a buyer today in that area, you potentially are a seller tomorrow. So even if you don't buy at that auction, I should be taking your details and thinking, I stay in contact with that person because he might buy through another agent in six months' time and he might sell that property in five years' time. Because, for example, in my patch that I used to cover, let's say it's 50,000 chimney pots, in an ideal world, and I'm actually going to ask you a question on this, in an ideal world, if there's 50,000 properties, I have the name, telephone number, and address of every single one of those people. How how much would an estate agent pay? If I had that information now and said, Sam, you've got 50,000 chimney pots, you're an estate agent setting up tomorrow, how much money are you going to try and get together for those 50,000? Because you just said 20 phone calls a day. Well, if I give you the name, number, address of everyone all you need to do is ring people that's what everything we do every viewing appraisal um phone call email letter campaign it's all revolved around getting responses from people so more people you have in your database or call it a fan club the more chances you've got of generating more business but i think we're so guilty of someone phones up they can't make us money today we discard them
0: Mm.
1: on that for example
0: You make a really good point. And actually, so I just uh, like frantically flipped my diary to so I'm I'm on holidays this week, and I'm back next Tuesday. And I wrote this, uh, I had this thought on the weekend, uh, uh, like, uh, again, after this experience, like frustrated, right? Because there's a real opportunity for us to go and buy a house, and we would have come up, and we probably still will, right? However, you've got to capture the moment and you've got to make, so there's a thing, invest in relationships. It comes back to you long-term, but then also when you're prospecting and you get an opportunity or when you're selling and you get an opportunity, you've got to keep that cadence going faster and faster and faster because momentum is everything in a deal. And I wrote down just the lack of communication disappointed me. And if it was our business, it would have frustrated me to no end. So I want us, right? I want home search and I want the listeners of this show and anybody else who, who like wants to pay this forward to listen to it. And I wrote down like levels of communication and whatever you receive, I believe you should level up to then give back. So if you get a letter, well, how many times do we get letters? I don't know. But most of the time when someone receives a letter from an agent, they get a phone call back. So that person is showing the the way in which we should level up our communication. They don't write back to the agent, do they? <laughs> yes, they, they email yes. or they phone call. So it's next level. If you get an email or phone call or a text message, pick up the telephone. So level up that communication so people can understand, like we should probably release the videos at some point so people can see just how like impassioned we are when we're talking about this and how close we lean into our computer screens. It's like if you hear the volume in these episodes go up, it's because, Simon and I or Mark and I, whoever it is, is like leaning closer into our computer screens, getting excited. But if you get an email, you get a text message, call them, right? If it's a phone call, escalate it to a Zoom. So you can actually see people and verbalize. And you and I are doing a really good job at not talking over each other because we can see each other, even if there is a bit of a delay, right? Because we're on opposite sides of the world. And if it can't be this, then face-to-face. So again, I put my real estate hat on for a second. I get an offer from anybody. It's can I come and see you guys. Or do you want to come into the office? Because then we can do a deal. You know, if they couldn't come to me, I'd go to them. And it's not a case of driving between houses, right? But it's a case of putting a deal together in a market where people are probably nervous about paying big prices at the moment because interest rates are going up. You know, we're tantalizingly close to a recession, I think. And if everybody is sort of bearing your head in the sand saying it won't happen to us, start planning for it now. Because if it does happen, and it's an if, it's better to be like, cool, I know what I'm doing. Than it is to be like, shit, what do we do now? So think about it. When you're prospecting, elevate that level. Don't write a letter to your database. Don't even email them. Call them, right? And if, you, if you're freaking out about emails and you want to text them, send a voice note. Write down what you want to say and send a voice note. Again, like have the courage to take some action, any action, but but ideally personalized, individualized, specific action is a shitload better than doing nothing
1: it goes back to what you said um and what tanya said in the episode last week about what was it recording a new voicemail every day mm. and what you said about uh on the market appraisal you would say look this is the voice uh, this is the voicemail or recording for yeah. i'm going to yeah. yeah the video um so yeah i think it's it's incredibly powerful and on the on the Point you made there as well and I said before we jumped onto this I hope there's some actionable value that estate agents can take away from this podcast um I was listening to uh Chris Ross being interviewed by Stephen Bartlett on Diary of CEO yesterday I've not listened to the whole episode and again I might not get this right word for word but it was interesting what Chris Ross was saying and obviously you and I are both big fans of it um but he basically said he wanted to be an FBI hostage negotiator or something and he went to, went to see them and get interviewed or whatever. And they were like, why are we going to give you a job you've got no experience? And he said, well, what do I need to do to actually get into this building? And they said, go and volunteer at a suicide helpline. And he went, OK. He went and did that for five months, came back and said, well, I volunteered for five months at a suicide helpline. what's next? And the woman went, you did what? So I volunteered for five months. She went, I've told a thousand people to do that. You we were the first person to do it. So again, the advice that you're giving that we're sharing again, it's implementing it. Is it mm. shelf development or is it self development? There's so many people who do training, read loads of books, myself included, um, and then we don't go and action it. So it's actually go and take that action, do a chain method, and actually see how many days in a row can you do just that one thing, be it that one phone call to a previous client, to a lost market appraisal, um, and some people might go, Sam, I've got so much um things going on in my diary i do not have five minutes to go and see that person in their house and discuss an offer right and i actually think well it's probably the most important thing because that's going to leave a lasting impression over communicate um you've just said about the frustration and disappointment you had with the lack of communication you've got but also it's another opportunity to prospect so any agents listening to this who i've spoken to um they'll know that i'd properly go in on any piece of activity so if you're going out there to discuss that offer i'm then going on to the portals i'm looking at um council tax valuation list etc cetera, etc cetera. i'm going right if i'm driving out there and i'm using up my bloody expensive petrol mm. and my time right who else on this street is on the market right now who has withdrawn from the market in recent years so when i'm going out there and having that conversation with mr and mrs hunter can i go and knock on someone's door can i a report through their door. Can I write them a little note saying couldn't help but notice that you're on the market at the moment. I'm just about to, you know, present five offers to the owner down the street. I'd love to have a conversation with you.
0: So or can you before you get there look in your database as to who lives in the immediate roads around that and call them yeah. on the way there, on the way back. I just drove past your house. Lovely young couple, didn't know what they were talking about. Very cheap, definitely can't afford to buy in your area, but I went and saw them to see if I can get them up. You know, and I drove past your house and made me think of you. Do you know how much equity you guys have made over the last couple of years for just owning that beautiful home? No, we don't. Well, nah. next time I'm around, I'll pop in. It's as simple again, as that. It's not It's not this scary thing of they're going to say, and that's why people don't do it, right? Because none of us want to like no one here wants to hear no. So don't ask them a question they can say no to or ask them a question that, they can say no to but knows the answer you want which is do you know how much equity you've got over the last two years for just sitting on your hands
1: can i share something with you incredibly cringeworthy and cliche go on then you love cringey and cliche on this show i do what what does what does no stand for not yet next opportunity so oh. fall in love with fall in love with a no every no brings you closer to the next yes And yeah, we do, we, we hate, we hate rejection. You know, the the typical estate agent personality hates rejection. But if you try and again fall in love with rejection and make it your best friend, more property-related conversations you have, more living rooms you're in, the more no's you get, the closer you get to. Yes, you'll know better than me probably answers this. But what is it Michael Jordan said about the amount of the amount of missed shots he had? That's the only reason why he won. Yeah. But we're we're afraid of, of of making those shots, but um, you have got to start somewhere. I was speaking to one of our clients yesterday evening. Right? They've only, they've, they've only just started using us, but they are taking a lot of action, and they're getting some good responses from on behalf of buyer campaigns. Again, that look after the buyers and sellers will come. And they were like, Simon, uh, we're getting these responses, but we've never actually really done on behalf of buyer campaigns before. So when they ring in and go, Oh, you've got someone called Sam looking for a four bed detached, da 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 da, they're like, What do we say? And I was like, well, first of all, celebrate the success that someone's wrong you. Because mm. there's a lot of agents who send out thousands of leaflets saying do you want a free obligation valuation and get no responses. And I said, actually, it's probably good that you're a bit sort of taken back and go, oh, brilliant. Thanks for phone call. Because if it's scripted, mm. it's not going to feel authentic, and which it is because you do actually have a buyer. Uh, so I was sort of saying to them that perfection does actually scare people. Like As human beings, we do like a bit of vulnerability. And I don't mm-hmm. think we show vulnerability enough in this industry because it's quite an egotistical driven industry. And if you show weakness, that's, you know, that's, that's frowned upon, let's say. But I said to him, Look, let's have a conversation. Oh, brilliant. Great. Well, yeah, we've, we've got this bias, that situation. Um, you know, perhaps you need to understand where, you're, where you are on price because I don't want to waste your time. I don't want to waste their time if you're not going to be aligned on budget without me coming to see you. Where do you think you kind of sit in the market? Oh, great. Okay, it's about right. When's, you know when's the best time for us to come and see you one o'clock or three o'clock on Thursday or you know whatever it be um but again I think that they're perhaps comparing their chapter one another cliche with someone else's chapter 10
0: mm.
1: it's like you're getting the phone calls which is the best thing and even if that doesn't go somewhere you've now got a homeowner in your area's telephone number
0: which again and you might that's gold dust right that's if you had 50,000 of those and all you do is make phone calls what I mean that's worth millions and millions and millions.
1: So I think I, I probably have said to you before, and I say it on a lot of the, the, the uh, coaching sessions that I do, that I knew that um, based on how many valuations I did a year, average fee conversion rate, da, 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 da Every market appraisal I went to is worth £1,000. Whether um, I was in and out of there in five minutes, whether it was a million pound property and signed up at 2%, no matter what happened, it was worth a £1,000. So I used to say to everyone in the office, you know, that phone call that comes in to book the MA is worth £333. Me being there is worth £333 and the follow up and stay in touch policy is worth £330. So there's so much value to be had there. You've got to make sure that you ace every single part of it. So if I've gone into the meeting and you go, Simon, thanks for telling me it's worth half a billion. That's really good. It helps me out. I'd go, great, I've got three questions for you, Sam. One, if I've helped you move forward, you're doing a massive favour, and leave a review so other people can benefit from my service. Of course, I can, Simon. Great, that's brilliant. Two, do I have your permission to stay in touch and let you know the impact that the market might have on your X fee and borrowing capacity going forward? Yes, I'd like to be kept in, informed. Brilliant. Number three, who do you think would be the next person to move on your street? And that last one, they go, that's a bit weird. Mm. But like, actually, John and Barbara are getting a bit old. Like They're struggling. They've got walking sticks. They're in their house. They need a bungalow great maybe and I think Jerry Lyons is a good example here he has those fantastic guides what to do when you're downsizing yeah. uh, relocating divorcing whatever it be a guide like that going through someone's door you don't really stalkerish and say you know I can see that you're old and you probably need to downsize but they're probably screaming out for an estate agent to help them go and source a bungalow and they're not putting their own house on the market because they can't find anywhere so if you go and help them find somewhere then they've got more likely to sell so again prospecting work investment it feels like I said it's probably the third time I've said this on 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 this recording but it's so so important and again that opportunity in that living room maybe I've come to see you and it's a 10 minute appraisal but those three questions have got me a referral they've got me a review and I also know someone else in the street who's looking at moving
0: I think like the the way in which you've just described that there of being able to and again this comes down to there's nothing rocket sciencey in what we've discussed today right and actually a lot of what we've talked about as well doesn't cost you anything other than the discipline it takes to do that activity. You said, right. To implement, to actually go and take some action. Um, and that's, that is the difference maker and will be the difference maker over the next few months. As people go, it's a pretty nice day out. Right. Don't know if I worked out hard today or no one's going to sell in summertime. So why would I even pick up the telephone? It's not about when they're selling. Right. It's about making sure that you don't break that chain in the relationship because if you don't call them in the next 30 days, those 600 people, let's say, and that sounds like a lot, but actually it's, it's 20 people a day for 30 business days, call it. You don't have to worry about ringing people on their weekends. Um, then someone else will, right? You know, There are a lot of good agents that listen to this show and probably a very small percentage of those agents will actually take some action, but they are the ones that come the end of the year they're going to be having the best Christmas parties. So, um, I think I, I, I do like cliche, and I'm glad that there's been plenty shared along the way. And, and you are exactly right. Prospecting works best when it feels like a service. Um, I'm conscious that you said you had to leave at nine o'clock, and it's now seven minutes to nine. So, I'm going to say thank you uh, for filling in for Mark and for reminding me uh, that it was actually happening because I was having a nice time <laughs> with my daughter and was eight minutes late to our show. Uh, so, uh, yeah, as Mark would usually say, I'm going to try and get this right first time we do this every week because we love our industry and we want to see it grow and want to see it get better we want to bring the voices and the thoughts of the people at the front of this industry to the front you know and to and to let everybody learn from them and hopefully implement some of the stuff as well simon gates notwithstanding so from all of us here at the world class agency podcast thank you for listening if you like what you've heard if you've seen some value share it out with your office with your friends with your family with your colleagues make sure that somebody else takes something away from this episode and does something with it today, tomorrow, into the future.